0: mm mm-hmm. going on everybody welcome in to another edition of the daily energy news beat stand up here on this gorgeous thursday december 21st 2023 as always i'm your humble correspondent michael tanner coming to you from an undisclosed location here in dallas texas joined by the executive producer of the show the purveyor of the show And the director and publisher of the world's greatest website, energynewsbeat.com, Stuart Turley. My man, how we doing today?
1: It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, and uh, my grandson was playing with my mic, and uh, I think I got something drug across the mic here. It looks pretty nasty. I keep a good fist distance from that. Um, Nonetheless, um, you have an
0: excellent show lined up for us. First up on the menu, another offshore wind farm project hits the dust. (laughs) <laughs> um you know it's it, it's coming it like clockwork here now another um, one
1: bites the dust yeah
0: yeah, our next story. In a shocking turn of events, analysts say oil prices unlikely to hit one hundred dollars in twenty twenty four. Interesting, interesting. Next up, OPEC plus enters twenty twenty four with quote wait and hope as its strategy. Interesting. Yeah, it worked out for Obama. We'll see if it works out for OPEC. Um, we're still we're, we still got hope, I guess. Next up, Red Sea tensions threaten to disrupt. Diesel market stability. I think this is a great article that highlights kind of, as we talk about global shipping and oil flows, the diesel flows coming out of what's going on in the Red Sea is interesting. So Stu will dive into that. And then finally, EU countries get Russian oil exemption via our friends at Reuters. Um, Stu will then toss it over to me. I will quickly cover what happened in oil and gas finance. We saw markets tumble a decent amount today. Oil uh, off uh, uh, session highs, mainly off the back of some interesting EIA data which we will cover in the end, and then we'll let you guys get out of here and finish up your gorgeous Thursday. Before we do all that, guys, remember, the news and analysis you're about to hear is brought to you by the world's greatest website, www.energynewsbeat.com, the best place for all your energy and oil and gas news. Stu and the team do an outstanding job of staying up to speed with everything that you need to know to be at the tip of the spear when it comes to the energy business. Uh, You can check out the links below in the show description to, to see all the different links to the articles we are about to cover and timestamps so you can jump ahead, hear what OPEC has to say, hear what analysts are saying, we're not going to hit $100 oil. Industry. Shocking, it's not Goldman Sachs, but uh, <laughs> uh, you can also uh, go ahead and check out uh, emailing the show questions at energynewsbeat.com. com is our data news combo
1: product. Looking to push that in,
0: in Q1 2024. So
1: I'm going to Brett, those two. where do you want to begin? Uh, let's start with this one. Uh, another offshore wind hits the dust. This one's kind of sad because it is very systemic of more coming around the corner. The developer Icebreaker, a small project in Lake Erie, announcing it's pulling its stakes on its six turbine product <laughs> project. Michael, it received a $50 million grant under Obama. You know how long it is to get it, to get it attached to the grid? And the uh, Energy Department has pulled the grant and taxpayers will only get $37 million back. So somebody made, let me think, I went to OSU. How many millions did they spend on regulations, <laughs> measuring rocks to make sure they used to get, get these things up? All for six turbines. I mean, what could that power like? <laughs> barely power anything no i I mean uh you're talking you know six watts i mean i'm kidding whatever i love this part according to the developer icebreaker became financially
0: untenable after the ohio power sitting board in 2020 required the turbines to stop at night between march and november to reduce the risk of migratory birds and bats from hitting the turbine blades
1: oh yeah and it's even funny Uh, A large uh, Dominion Energy, a large utility in Virginia is moving ahead with its consisting of 176 and is spending $625 uh, million on the first U.S.-built ship capable hauling more than 300-foot long blades. That's a lot of money just to haul a blade out and put it up with duct tape. That's just amazing to me. And here's the conclusion. I thought this was really good. Another offshore wind is calling it quits as inflation, interest rates, supply chain issues, and legal challenges are making it too expensive and difficult to exceed. Michael, we've seen that over the last six months. It is going to escalate and curtail uh, wind. I still see solar as having some uh, wind, uh, and uh, I w- I had lunch with Dr. Uh, Ed Ireland and uh, R.T., Here's a great one. The young lady out of London came up with an idea for wind in subways. At first, I was like, eh, great idea. They all create wind. Why not put a little turbine down there? Every time it goes through, you could make some really nice, I think it'd be kind of cool. Let's go to the next one here, though. But another one bit the dust. All right. Analysts say oil prices unlikely to hit 100 in 2024. This brings up a bigger problem, Michael, but let's go through the top three bullet points. OPEC plus faces record breaking U.S. production and other supply issues, Mm -hmm. barring a major geopolitical escalation resulting in large supply outage. Oil prices are unlikely to reach $100 a barrel. Paul Sankey record high u s. oil production is a huge problem for OPEC plus. This is where I think it's going to get a little bit dicey. and it Michael, we've had the hooties and the blowfish lobbing missiles all over you know out there they They did forty drones in the u s. Now we have a consortium uh going out there and waving flags and everything, trying to slow down the hooties from uh blowing something up. But we have BP moving all of its tankers. We have the supply chains going around. And oil just went, what's up with that? I don't understand it. You know,
0: well, um, it's because what this article is pointing out is that the fundamentals, the supply demand balance of oil doesn't look promising for higher oil prices. It actually looks fairly doom and gloom when you talk about the fact that we have, as this article mentions, record U.S. oil production. Supply is increasing from nations. Specifically, you've got Guyana, Brazil, who have really increased their offshore activity, which is one of the few areas offshore drilling where you can actually move the needle when it comes to worldwide oil production. You know, a vertical well in in mid-continent Anadarko is not going to move national oil production or worldwide oil production. But you know, the Starbrock block over or the Lisa project or block in Guyana is going to move the needle when that thing's doing three, four, 500,000 barrels a day, that will actually start moving. There's the needle a, a, a little bit.
1: Yeah, there's a quote in here. Warren Patterson, head of commodity strategy at ING wrote, uh, given the scale of cuts, we're seeing OPEC is sitting on a substantial amount of spare capacity. And that's somewhere around 5.5 million barrels per day. Here's where I think that there is a miscommunicate between, uh, he said communicate. I was pretty smart uh, when you when you take a look at this art, yeah, uh, this article, and you have Brazil saying uh, the head of Petrobras saying we're gonna print every pump everything we can then you have uh iraq uh saying hey oh by the way we're now at 3.4 million barrels a day we're gonna pump everything we can they're selling in the dark fleet russia's now up to 3.5 percent increase in their gdp they're gonna sell everything they got you know the dark fleet is chewing away. I'm going to have tomorrow or for our next show on Sunday what we're, or whenever the, uh, it'll be next next week sometime. Uh, what we're going to do is I'm going to have a, a chart with how much uh, oil is coming out of production out of the OPEC quotas into the dark fleet. Because that's a lot of stuff they're pumping more and the demand for India and China is pulling that off of the market. It's a mess, Michael. I don't I don't know, but I, I blame it on the dark fleet, I guess, though. Um, the dark side, mm, dark side you are. Okay, let's go to OPEC enters 2024 with wait and hope. This one kind of goes along with that. And um uh Ben Salman, uh Prince Ben Salman is keen on uh Alexander Dumas' uh all wisdom is contained in these two words: wait and hope. Huh. <laughs> yeah, uh, okay, so uh the Saudis again, he has said. We need a hundred dollar oil, and and so you have the paradigm between the ghost fleet and the dark fleet, or the dark ghost fleet, uh, and then you have you know OPEC wanting money. Iran has got to fund uh Hamas, they've got to fund all these other things. Um, so the chart in here says high, but not high enough, so you can see that it's at that 75. There was an article yesterday that also came out on Bluebird, and they were saying that Brent was going to go up immediately, and it didn't. So, I don't think anybody really knows what's going on with oil pricing because the whole uh, beautiful system that the Saudis and OPEC had in place is gone, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I think anybody telling you they know where oil prices is going is is, is lying to you. I tend to agree with the article we covered just in this last segment in terms of under $100 versus over (laughs) $100. I know obviously barring something political it's true that Saudi is sitting on a bunch of spare capacity. And the question is, what are they going to do with it? Are they going to choose to hold it back as this is, as this article that we're reading now is intended to do in order to keep that Brent price. What is hopefully 80 to 90 to what they hope to be a hundred dollars, or right. is it more likely that they're going to start, you know, pulling back on their cuts as maybe some of this, maybe the, the, the weakness second half of 2024 comes out. I don't know if, if I'm OPEC, I'm, I'm probably not adding to the market. I'm probably not cutting, though. $80 rent is enough to yep. sustain. We do know the Saudis are spending like crazy, attempting to to go through a kind of a, a de-oilification in terms of their economy right. and ripping their economy from being their billions on, on oil yeah. to being only reliant on oil. So maybe higher oil prices for them actually gives them the revenues to slowly wean themselves off oil. So it is maybe a little bit of a catch-22 now, in order to in order to make more money, they got to, you know, hold oil back so that they can continue the transition. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, I don't think any and again, anybody who tells you they know what's coming is lying to you. But, you know, really, when we speak of what's
1: going on with oil prices, it's what's going on in the Red Sea right now. Oh, absolutely. Now, here's uh, let's go to the Red Sea tensions. But I'll tell you, uh, the warmonger. Oh, shoot. What's his name? Uh, Graham. Oh, uh, Lindsey, Lindsey Graham? Graham. Oh, my gosh. He's calling. He's actually calling for us to bomb Iran's mm-hmm. oil field. What? what? No. Step away from the microphone, dude. Step we away not- from the nuclear <laughs> weapons. Step <laughs> away, away from the nukes. You do not have the football. Step away from Biden's side. We do not need to do that. No. Uh, okay, let's go to the here's where Red Sea tensions threaten diesel market, Michael. Yeah. Here's a whole nother side of the uh, hoodies uh, out there playing around with them drones. These are not your uh, drones that your dad used to fly around. These are some serious kind of drones. The below average distillate stocks suggest an uptick in manufacturing construction next year. Iran has got another million barrels coming online, uh, a million barrels per day. And then so does India and so does China. So, oh, yeah. Guess who's buying the uh, diesel and gasoline and uh, products from China? California. I was going to say, Newsom. <laughs> and, and, well, why did President Z show up and why was it clean? I don't know. He just okay. wanted to meet our favorite governor I thought. He wanted some hairstyle tips. Yeah. But when we take a look at the it, it's just it's weird on how diesel is now also they're peeling some of the dark fleet off for diesel tankers. Uh it, it's weird. Yeah, so. I think this is a, this
0: is a really niche problem that we we've had bad diesel prices right now. I mean if anybody remembers back in the in the early yeah. 2000s diesel was was always less than gasoline. It's that right. now market is now flipped and where diesel is trading and 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 for consumers at the pump much higher than gasoline which is why food inflation continues to stay high. We think that food inflation has to do with food commodity prices. It does, but it also has to do with transportation costs and with the majority of food being transported by truck, high diesel prices only going to inflate that supply chain a lot more. So anything any you know, the, the diesel market is already teetering. Anything that impacts that is, is going to be good. So I, I think while we won't see an oil price breakout, what we might see is slight, almost food inflation or flight supply, slight supply chain inflation as we move forward.
1: If I this agree. diesel distillate problem becomes any stronger. I, I couldn't agree more. And the other side of that, that coin, though, is is the number one user of what, what was? Are you like before our podcast? I was just flipping Mike, a coin. Michael was starting to do a hula hoop. I was flipping dance. a coin. Oh, you're oh flipping a coin. Here we go. Heads or tails. Heads. Heads, I win. Tails, you lose. It's under the table. Okay, so um the the hula hoop dance through me for a loop. Let's go to the next story, and I'll get back on this. EU countries get Russian oil exempt uh, exemption. Brussels allowed Slovakia to export fuel from the to the Czech uh, Republic for another year. I'll tell you, Ursula over there, our good buddy Ursula, who's in front of the uh, European Union, is just about like a dictator. It, it's just kind of, Luke Oil has warned that in response to discriminatory laws and other unfair, biased political decisions regarding the refinery in Burgas, um, it's gonna review uh, its business strategies This getting involved in all of the country's stuff. The EU is facing some serious backlash from putting their finger in the pies that they shouldn't be in, and they continue to shoot
0: themselves in the foot. So I'd expect and splatter's going to get the consumer.
1: This splatter's going to get the consumer.
0: What a day, dude! What a day. So. All right, well, we'll move over to finance here, guys. Markets do not react well today. Uh, down uh SPY down 1.5 percentage points, Nasdaq tumbles 1.5 percentage point, Bitcoin up 3.8 percentage points, currently trading 43600 dollars Crude oil, um, initial uh initial strength during the day, if only because of some decent EI of, of some decent EIA numbers, you know, that benchmark unfortunately did turn negative. When we did hear um of that EIA print. Let me go pull it up here. I'm pretty sure it was a little bit, uh, it was a little bit negative. We didn't necessarily cover the API numbers yesterday. You know, we saw from the strategic petroleum reserve. Um, we did see a 2.9 million barrel build. So the strength we had early in the trading session and, and specifically coming from, I think a lot of that Red Sea activity halted a little bit that 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 game. We were all the way up just a little bit above $75. EIA report drops. Specifically saying a 2.9 million barrel build. And we saw some weakness heading into that afternoon session. We currently sit 73.61 as we record this, about 545 here on the 20th. Brent oil uh, currently trading down about six six tenths of a percentage point, 71.41. But again, that's from um, our 3 p.m. open. It was actually up on the day, natural gas prices. $2.42. Two dollars and forty-two cents. That's about a, a eight tenths of a percentage point off session highs. So you know, as we move into the end of the year here, Stu, a lot of the activity for oil and gas, uh, you know, operators has kind of calmed down a little bit. I, I would be shocked if we saw a deal happen between now and the end of the year. But I think every, you know, I, I highly recommend People go check out our deal spotlight um, That we're uh, releasing uh, We'll be releasing episode 2 here shortly We'll probably do it Monday or something I don't know what we'll do. Monday's Christmas So I don't know what we're going to end up doing here. We'll probably release it At some point next week. You guys have plenty of time To watch it. Um, go check that out You know, that's going to kind of cover the latest MA deal That happened. Um, otherwise, I think everything's Going to be fairly chill to the end of the new year Stu. We're, we're, we're coming up close here This, You know, yeah. I don't think this is our last show for the year But this we're going to have very little news head in between now and the end of the year people are starting to wrap up a little bit so it's
1: uh you know we we almost made it folks you got you got 10 days left but you know what michael we have about 10 uh podcasts that kids have gotten uh, getting ready to go out here oh absolutely and you are gonna have
0: too much content you think you you want if there's one thing if, if you're looking for an excuse to avoid your in-laws we've got plenty of excuses for you we've got podcasts galore <laughs> <to> <laughs> for you uh, yes uh, and, and i also f-
1: we've got some really good ones uh michael i am interviewing a border expert tomorrow He's been on the border. He is law enforcement. He's energy. He is one cool cat. It's now, okay. And, and then George McMillan will be live Friday. We're going to go live to my LinkedIn on Friday. And okay. uh, he's going to be there. He's got a war correspondent and another doctor. It's, that Those guys were just on redacted this morning. So, I mean, this is a big deal. Energy is uh, at stake with the invasion going on. No, uh, absolutely. We've got, so it's Kyle. Kyle Rees is one of them. We have uh, Irina Slob, Paula Glover, Anne Bradbury, Ralph Rodriguez, John Farrell, co-founder of uh, Well Database. I mean, we got a hot set of uh, stuff coming out for you to avoid your in-laws. Absolutely. We got plenty of stuff
0: when you want to avoid just, just uh, fire up the energy beat podcast. We'll probably also drop a couple year in review shows um, where we kind of cover maybe our top segments. We'll get the team working on that. Um, but with that guys, we're going to let you get out of here, finish up um, your Thursday. You'll hear, you'll hear uh, somebody tomorrow. Probably uh, we'll drop somebody tomorrow um, in terms of an interview podcast. You hear our weekly recap on Saturday and then we will get you, we will not be coming to you on Monday. That is actually Christmas. Um, I think our first show will probably be, be Tuesday or Wednesday um, of next week, probably Wednesday. So, you know, keep keep with us, guys. We'll keep you informed. For Stuart Charlie, I'm Michael Tanner. We'll see you next week, folks. Have a Merry Christmas.